Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. I'm Chris Bevan of the Canton Repository along with Cliff Hickman and Mike Popovich tonight. We'll be joined by Joe Scalzo on the phone in a moment. We're here to look back at week four of the high school football season for Stark County area football teams. Five of them entered Friday 3-0 and three moved on to 4-0. Perry, Maslin, and McKinley all 4-0. Lake lost for the first time as Louisville's Colton Jones had a night. Mike Popovich will be talking about that in a little bit. Sandy Valley is losing in a game suspended until tomorrow morning, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Sandy Valley trails Indian Valley 28-7 late in the first half. A referee collapsed at that point uh, Friday night. CPR was quickly performed and he was taken to a hospital where we are told he is doing well, so that's good news, Mike, that that, uh, everything turned out well there at Sandy Valley. Yeah, that's... uh that must have been a pretty scary sight for uh, fans in attendance and uh, and and players as well. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, it's great news to hear that the guy is okay. Obviously, the right decision to uh, uh, put things on hold, make sure he's okay, have the players recover from you know whatever you know they had to witness there down there. But you know, like you said, good news uh, about that official. And it sounded like the uh, the training staffs from both schools did a, a great job uh, immediately responding. And, and making sure the situation ended well for the officials. So great news there. Joining us now to talk about uh, perhaps the game of the night tonight, uh, Perry's win over Jackson, is rep writer Joe Scalzo, who is there. Joe, uh, sounded like quite a game for Keith Wakefield to win his 200th for the Panthers. Yeah, one of those games that it felt like for much of it that he wasn't going to win. I mean, maybe you can make the argument that he wasn't supposed to win that one, but I'm sure that if, if you get the 200 200 wins, you win games like that where maybe you're not, you know, you know, playing your best and you're playing a team maybe it's doing some good things and you find a way to, to make it happen in the second half. It uh, appeared Jackson probably had his chances in the first half to, to build the type of lead where they maybe would have been able to hang on if they had taken advantage of some chances. Yeah, and, and you know, their first two drives were both more than 10 plays. They both ended in the red zone. Um, the first one ended with an interception in the end zone. The other one was a fumble around the three yard line. And, um, so you, you kind of think at that point you should be up 14 nothing, and instead it's still 0 0. And they ended up missing a field goal late in the third quarter. Uh, they got inside the 10 again. And, uh, so a lot of missed opportunities for Jackson. There's a lot of good things. Um, it really showed, um, you, you know, they've been tested early on in the season and they were kind of a little bit of. Ahead, maybe execution-wise, than Perry was, but you know, when you get down that close, you got to score, and and when you miss those opportunities, especially against a team like Perry, that just kind of wears you down, it ends up costing you. It sounded like uh, Jackson at that point was really controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and you know what they do, and it was kind of the same, you know, game plan they had a year ago against against uh, Perry. They just. They almost use passes as, as like long handoffs. They just kind of do quick outs to the sideline and, and quick hitters and little like drag routes across over the middle and and just kind of like you know get those five or six yards and, and rather than doing it on the ground, they do it to the air. But you know, they have a, a, a you know, nice back and Ethan Adkins who can power it through and you know, some good receivers and, and uh, they just they do a lot of good things. But you know again. Against a team like Perry, you end up you end up wearing down the second half, and that's what they did. And uh, you know, the Panthers have a, a lot of running backs they can use, and and uh, used all of them tonight. And you know, ended up outscoring. I think uh, it was like twenty-one to, to seven in the second half, and um, ended up pulling out that win. 
Joe, milestone victory for Keith Wakefield, 200 wins. Uh, knowing him the way I know him and knowing him the way I'm sure you know him, uh, I'm sure he downplayed that pretty much tonight. Yeah, those those questions go nowhere <laughs> with Keith. He's just kind of thinking about getting the win tonight, and I'm sure he's focused on getting the win you know, next week. And uh, But, you know, I think it means a lot to that community. It means a lot to the people that, that played for him and, you know, I ended up tweeting that out, and, and it got you know retweeted a lot, and, and uh, it's a point of pride. You know, there's only other, one other uh, Dark County coach that's done that. This little Kleinfelter, and and uh, you know he he just he kind of is Perry, you know. And I think um, I think probably if he was being honest, he, he's proud that, that that's happened. You know, to have been there that long and done it there, um, even if he's not admitting it. I mean, have we learned anything more about uh, Perry after tonight? I mean, they played two Canadian teams early. Uh, they had a battle against Central that they were fortunate to be able to come out on top of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. first Federal League game against Jackson, were we able to learn a little bit more about them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Keith certainly did. He, he didn't know if they were tough enough, and they showed that they were. You know, they showed they had some, some hard and some toughness tonight. I, I think, you know, it's probably safe to say they're not quite as talented as they've been the last three years, and, and you know, obviously last year's team lost in the first round of playoffs, but probably would have made a run in, in the Division Two playoffs if they had stayed down. So I don't think overall they're quite as talented. Um, they got some sophomores playing, but you know, I I I do think they're a team that that can win the federal league, and um, they're going to be problems for anybody they play, and and uh, so it'll be interesting to see because I think tonight we found out kind of who in the federal league is is a contender, and and I think they're certainly one of them. Joe, looking ahead for each team uh, doesn't get any easier. For for Perry, they get the honorary uh, Federal League member, Louisville, next week. And then Jackson gets Lake, and obviously Lake and Louisville, which we'll be talking about soon, had quite a game tonight as well. Yeah, and, and, and you know, if there's a big weakness on Perry's team, it's it's in their secondary. They're young. They're, they're not, you know, they're not big anyway. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, a team that's coming off a of 500 you know, your game in the passing game, I mean, that's certainly something that they're going to be concerned about. And, and uh, you know, thing with, with Jackson, like, I mean, you know, Jackson can throw it, and that's, you know, a weakness that Lake showed tonight, but, um, you know, but Lake can run it, and, and you know, I think Jackson wore down a little bit. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't, I don't uh, you know, I don't know how good Louisville is. You know, I think kind of we, they're probably better than we thought they were after, after beating Lake tonight, so... Um, you know, again, I think it's kind of a fun thing about the first couple of weeks of, of the season. You're still figuring out who's good and who's not. Perry was a little bit more of a mystery because of those Canadian teams they played. Yeah, Louisville obviously showing some mental toughness, if nothing else, by digging out of that 0-2 start by beating back-to-back Federal League teams. Joe, enjoyed having you here tonight. We'll uh, be back with you when you're in the studio early next week. All right, thanks, Joe. Talk to you later. We'll be back with more after we take this quick break. The Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, September 21st, when McKinley hosts Hoover. Kickoff, 7 p.m. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live-streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night with Todd Porter on the sidelines. That's, again, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio. 
Mike, uh, as we look uh, moving ahead here, Louisville Lake, the game you were at tonight, 41-28 to Louisville, and Colton Jones and his receivers were the, the story of that one. Well, yeah, if, uh, if Col- Colton Jones and Ryan Pukas were fantasy players, I'd start playing fantasy football again. Maybe not for the price you and I used to play for, but... Uh, yeah, we have to talk about Todd Porter about that one. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, I, I was really impressed with um, the poise that Louisville showed tonight, you know, especially Colton Jones. Um, he threw six touchdown passes, single or single game school record, 502 yards passing. Uh, he had one interception, and that was a big one that Bryce Snow returned inside uh, Louisville territory, and Lake was able to capitalize on a Paul Troyer touchdown pass to Ty Hunt on the final play of the uh, first half to make it 21-14. But... Um, you know, Louisville wasn't phased by it. As a matter of fact, uh, Colton Jones and head coach John DeMarco said, you know, they were ready to come back out in halftime. You know, they weren't, uh, you know, worried about, you know, what that, that interception could have done. And, um, you know, when, when you have a quarterback who could throw for over 500 yards, I mean, you know, back when we used to watch uh, NFL football, that's, that's Dan Marino-like <laughs> numbers right there. Um, that's one of the first things I thought of. And, uh, you know, Ryan Pukish being a favorite target all night. So uh, I, I just was really impressed with the way, you know, Louisville responded to that adversity. And, uh, you know, Lake, you know, making a couple runs at them, you know, and beating two federal league teams to even your season at two and two, you know, that could be a big turnaround for them. What did you think of Louisville defensively? Because obviously they're going to be tested next week. Well, they gave up a, a touchdown on the uh, opening possession of the game, but they were able to uh, regroup and uh, make it a tough night for uh, 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 a Lake. Paul Troyer, he played well at, at quarterback. He led them on a, on a nice drive to start the game. But uh, Louisville was able to uh, contain that, contain him as they were able to, uh, as they were able to build the lead. So, uh, you know, defensively, you know, going into Perry next week, uh, you know, that that's that's a good momentum builder against uh, uh, a team that you know obviously you know won't throw the ball as much as as Lake does sometimes, but you know still has a very good offense. Saw so you had a chance to catch up with uh, Dan DeGeorge, Lake's head coach. Uh, uh, obviously, you didn't get to talk to him long, but what, what were his thoughts on you know what uh, what hurt his team tonight? Well, he was very impressed with the way Louisville played offensively. I mean, Lake's defense uh, this year had been playing pretty well during their three and zero start. I think they had given up uh, uh, just thirty four points, you know, going into the first. Uh, 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 three games, uh, you know, held Copley to a touchdown last week. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, first bit of adversity Lake is, is um, dealing with this year, having, you know, had their three-game winning streak stopped. Um, you know, not a total loss for them. You know, it wasn't a league game. They were the only uh, federal league team that uh, did not play a league game tonight. So, you know, they're going into, uh, you know, next week still 0-0 and, uh, you know, seeing uh, how well they can uh, put the, this bit of adversity behind them. Big night for Lake next week with them playing Jackson, so it'll be two teams hungry to, to bounce back. Two teams that have yet to have to bounce back, McKinley and Maslin, each go to 4-0. and Maslin steamrolled a New Jersey State champion, uh, Montclair, in their game, and then McKinley, a much tougher night, Mike, against Green. Yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I heard. Um, so, um, you know, I don't think we're... Uh, 
you know, I don't think we're surprised that uh, McKinley or Maslin are are sitting undefeated right now. Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, McKinley uh, would have liked to have a better showing against Green, but you know, they're able to get the uh, uh, get the win and uh, you know correct. Uh, I'm sure Dan Rilder will see what they can do to correct any mistakes that were made tonight and uh, see what uh, happens next week. McKinley was able to score twice in the final eight minutes to break that game open, win it 34-20 to on the road at Green. And a guy that's quietly having a really good season is McKinley's quarterback, Elijah Curtis. And, you know, we mentioned the 500-plus yards for Colton Jones, and we've had some other big nights passing. But really, uh, Curtis is quietly, you know, having really good numbers in most years would pop out. 17-20, 199 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran for two touchdowns. So those uh, those would be really good night numbers most nights. It would maybe be the top numbers of the night. I, you know, many a year in the past where you're lucky to get 200 yards in a game passing, and he's right there at 199, accounting for four touchdowns. And Maslin, uh, like we mentioned, had no trouble in getting the 4-0. Uh, we'll be right back to talk some more about uh, the Fetter League as well as the EBC. Remember that FridayNightOhio.com is your home for Stark County Area High School football throughout the 2018 season stories scores schedules rosters stats you'll find it all there all year download the app and don't miss any of the news about your favorite teams and players one team that bounced back tonight hoover the vikings just all over glen oak the the most lopsided game in that series hoover 48 to 7 over the golden eagles and uh, i think you know we weren't sure how Hoover would handle losing at home last week to Akron East after two good wins to start the season. And I think we saw, as we bring in Cliff Hickman, that uh, the Hoover Vikings uh, are a mentally tough group and knew how to take uh, take care of business behind Connor Ashby. Oh, that's always a big thing, rebounding from that first loss. How are you going to handle it? You either come back stronger or you can let it affect you. Hoover obviously came back strong, ready to play, right from the opening kickoff, pretty much. Yeah, Ashby, I believe, was 12 of 12 in that game. So oh, yeah. we, we've seen some real efficient numbers as well as the big gaudy numbers. Cliff, you were going to talk about the EBC where – I think, uh, you know, we thought Marlington was maybe one of the top teams or the top team coming in, and then we were looking at maybe Alliance and West Branch and that, uh, the tier right behind them. I think we got an answer of which team's in that tier right behind them. Yeah, West Branch came in undefeated, but record isn't everything. It's quality of opponents, and to that end, Alliance defeated West Branch tonight, 34-21. Alliance has been looking for an identity on offense. I think they may have found it. They got back to running the ball. Sophomore quarterback Brandon Alexander, 24 carries, 137 yards, three touchdowns. He's six foot three. Chris, really big body guy. So when you have that type of athlete with that type of size coming at you, hard to bring down. Uh, Noah Durst Hawkins, another guy that uh, they've been looking to get the ball. 15 carries, 168 yards, one touchdown. Alliance 34, West Branch 21, first loss of the season for the Warriors. Were you surprised at all by uh, the big plays that it looked like Alliance was able to make on the road there? Uh, not partic- I think Alliance has great athletes. When I was out there and got to saw them, see them before the season, it looked like they had some really good athletes. They're young. They don't have much game experience. They've all been in the program a long time, but it's a different ball game when you're out there at the varsity level for the first time uh, seeing live action. Now, the EBC is, uh, like the Federal League, an odd number of teams so that you always have somebody playing a non-league game each week. and. And it'll be obviously Alliance next week as they go to Poland. They're play That's a, Poland. Another tough 
tough one for the Aviators. That's why their record can kind of sneak up on teams when you're playing teams like Poland and you know they they played Hubbard the first game that, that it can't field I mean, exactly. It, they're not ducking anyone. No, they're not. So you, you overlook that record at your own peril if you just look at the record and say, oh, they're you know two and two or. 500 team i think they have better talent than that marlington uh the other statement i thought of the night in the ebc really took care of business uh, against the playoff team from last year yeah south range uh very good team very good program marlington handles them though 35 to 12 that's the that's the non-league game you were talking about uh, cj griner quarterback at marlington another big night runs for two touchdowns throws a touchdown blaine himmelheber the jack of all trades he had two rushing touchdowns also caught four passes over 150 all-purpose yards tonight he does it all for them it looks like with him it's just a case of he's a great athlete you line him up somewhere to get him the ball exactly uh coach bo balderson has told me they want to get him 15 touches a game one way or another and they have been doing that the uh the elsewhere in the uh, ebc at canton south over minerva and Carrollton over salem anything jump out on those for you yeah salem's another team came in with an unbeaten record Carrollton beats them seven to zero in a game with no offensive touchdowns chris brady brenner returns and in interceptions 40 yards for the only score of the game and that's the difference Carrollton wins 7-0 and then uh, canton south 35 minerva zero jalen merriweather Two touchdown runs in the first quarter there for Canton South. He had four carries for 77 yards. Really got them going. And uh, Wildcats are on the board. Who uh, who had the top performance of the night in uh, your view, Cliff? And my, I mean, when you're looking at, at – I think the Alliance West Branch game, I go to that. Brandon Alexander at times has struggled. He's a young player that's uh, finding his way. I think you may have finally – seen him have that breakthrough game he has all the skills you look for in a quarterback this may be the start of something special over the next couple of years for alliance chris we're gonna bring in mike popovich back real quick for his uh, top performer of the night though i think i have a pretty good idea where mike's gonna go with it uh, as uh, he saw maybe the top performance of the season yeah, I'll just I'll just say Colton Jones. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know the numbers you know speak for themselves. But I think the way he uh, the way he handled things, you know, in a, in, a, in a tight game tonight was 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 also uh, fun to watch. And I think we all we should also mention. Uh, uh, Adam Moser from I was going to go there. That was quite a night. We'll go just over the border here uh, outside of Stark County. But Adam Moser, 36 carries, 414 yards, and four touchdowns. As Malvern went over 40 for the second straight week. Last week they, they lost the close game, but this time they win 42-21 to 21 over New, Newcomerstown. So not sure if that's a Malvern record or not, but that's a, quite a night. And then two other big-time guys that are in the Pac-7, or actually three, but the two of them, looking at right now are trey tucker and markel parks tucker of uh, cvca scores three different ways i think he's going to cincinnati and then parks who i think is a sophomore for the red riders had over 400 yards of offense as he scored on long runs of of running the ball punt return and a catch and then uh i don't have his numbers in front of me but ethan wright from manchester i do know had a two-point conversion run pass and catch as he is the master of the two-point conversion in manchester at a big win over tusla yeah it sounds like uh manchester and cvca may be on a collision course for uh top honors in the pack i 
I assume they play the final game of the season. Usually. That's when they have been playing in recent years. And actually, I'm, I'm peeking at the schedule here right now, and that is it, October 26th. Those two are playing. And I think Orville is another one that could be in the mix. They, they seem to have some uh, ability to make big plays. Manchester plays them in week eight. CVCA has them September 28th, so about the middle of the season. So those will be the big pack seven games. Thanks for uh, downloading and listening as we wrapped up week four. We're going to wrap it up here with a reminder that the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, September 21st, is Hoover at McKinley, a big Federal League showdown. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another podcast Tuesday. For Cliff Hickman and Mike Popovich, I'm Chris Bevin.